Yeah, they're super unhelpful. Yeah, honestly, uh, I like I've left most of the Facebook groups for modern decks. I I mean, when the moderator goes on this tirade about how awesome Absan is, and no one in their right mind would play Absan because then you ditch Blighted Agent, it's like, what the heck are we even doing? And then I have all these amazing stories about Force of Vigor, and the guy's just like, uh, I don't know, that doesn't seem optimal. I'm like, oh, I guess you're right. Nice, good, good, come back. Just the whole essay about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I guess the big takeaway is Facebook groups for specific decks or archetypes just suck. They're just so bad. <laughs> Turns out losing one your best creatures. What was that? Turns out losing oh. one of your best creatures. Just get to uh, Phyrexian. Uh, what's the black, black, colorless? Phyrexian Crusader. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's worth it. That three mana one. <laughs> anyway. Well, welcome to episode nine of the Eternal Implications podcast. My name's Travis. Today, we'll be going over some of our recent matches online and at the LGS. We'll hit on the results from the modern playoff and the modern MCQ from this weekend, two huge events. I'm here with Gilbert. Freddie wasn't able to make it tonight. How are you doing, Gilbert? I'm doing not bad. Uh, can't complain. I'm also here with the first ever guest of Eternal Implications, Justin Kalstad. Justin, tell us a little bit about yourself. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. This is actually, well, this is my one and a half. Yeah, he, on he's, he's on the lost episode. I'm aware, but nobody else is. <laughs> this is officially your first go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So tell you me. There, so it's not a real one. I know it's real. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite format? What's your favorite deck? Your favorite card? Tell us a little bit about your history with Magic. All right, well, I'd say favorite format. Uh, strange enough, right now is standard. Uh, it's powerful. <laughs> it's fun, and arena's easy to play. It's. It's really nice. But I enjoy it right now. Favorite deck? Gonna have to go with Goblins. Legacy Goblins. Uh, kind oh, of years away from standard, but... Uh, goblins great, unless you miss your tabernacle triggers. Um, favorite card? Once again, going to Goblins is gonna be a Wasteland. Wasteland is probably my favorite card ever printed. Uh, yeah. And for all of our listeners, uh, Justin was mine and Freddie's legacy teammate uh, that we derided heavily on uh, when he missed his tabernacle trigger um, at uh, our team event, um, so if everybody wants to give uh, give this man a boo at home, it's uh, more power to you. <laughs> Fair enough. Have anything you want to say in defense, Justin? I mean, I mean, the only thing I can say in defense is that's what happens when you sleep on the floor two nights in a row um, and, and have a lively couple amounts, nights and and drink excessive amounts of alcohol. <laughs> yeah, those combined sleeping on the floor, especially with uh, drinking, that, that makes for a missed trigger or two. I didn't miss any, idiot. <laughs> Alcohol is not a PED. I was, I was flustered that sure. game too. I was real it flustered is, that game. It is not a PED. You are correct. I'll vouch for that. <laughs> okay, so like we mentioned in the intro, there's two major modern tournaments on Magic Online for the last uh, this last weekend. One was the playoff. There were a little over 300 entrants, and that was nine rounds with a cut to top eight. 
all the winners get to go to that is the top eight gets to go to the format like championship at the end of the year and then the winner gets a free trip to the mocks and yeah it's kind of cool how it all plays out uh i went o2 drop so <laughs> we won't be talking about my experiences too much i was able to mow the lawn and spend some uh good time in the hammock that afternoon uh, but yeah, let's talk about what ended up happening that evening. So the total, like the whole event was won by Blue White, uh, a person named Doom Switch. And it's very typical, like what you would expect. They're playing two Force of Negation main, uh, eight Planeswalkers among five different types, the four Snapcasters, one Vendillion, and pretty much everything you expect from the land base. Uh, are there any... Thoughts you have on this one, Gilbert, considering you own blue-white? Yeah, uh, the only little eccentricity of it is he's opted for the third cryptic over the third wrath, which is probably just correct right now. Um, the third cryptic can probably save you from a Hogak uh, better than the third wrath can. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Logic Knot. Or not logic knot. Logic knot's fine. I'm not a huge fan of mana leak right now. Um, I'm I'm playing a um, a veto in that spot. Otherwise, this looks much like my list. Um, my Teferi numbers are swapped, but I do like the idea of playing two three drop Teferis. Um, and I'm on three Snapcasters, and I I don't know what I have. Oh, I have a Spell Pierce as well. Uh, otherwise, the numbers are pretty close. He's got one less land than I do, but I was already talking about doing that as well. Um, I like this list. It's very lean, um, and I think uh, I think it's kind of where you need to be if this is the kind of reactive control strategy you're, you're looking to be on in modern right now. This player was equipped with main board Graveyard Hate and two Surgical Extraction. Are you playing this as well? Yeah, I've I've got two in mine as well. Um, I've considered going back to main deck, rest in pieces, but Snapcaster's too vital to lose, honestly. I guess Snapcaster and Surgical is a really nice combo. Did you get yeah. a second Surgical turn two? Yeah, you effectively get to play four without having to to actually dedicate four slots to it. Yeah, so congratulations to Doom Switch. Huge win there. Second place and third place were also very interesting. Uh, second place is basically a new modern deck uh, we should kind of dive into. It's an Esper control deck where it's built around Monastery Mentor. So as far as Planeswalkers, just two of uh, the Teferi Time Raveler, then four Monastery Mentor, four Snapcaster Mage, and three JVPs. Uh, interesting to note, these are all CMC three or less because this list is playing three Unearth. Woo, I love that. And then typical discard spells, Inquisition, Thoughtseize, Fatal Push, uh, pretty much everything you'd expect as far as control. And again, we see two Surgical Extraction. These two decks are coming prepared for Hogak with Mainboard Graveyard 8. So Justin, as you look at this yeah. list, what are you thinking? This is I mean, uh oh go ahead Justin sorry I was just saying it's any deck if you just help together with the fairy time raveler it's probably gonna be a pretty good deck <laughs> like you look at these cards it looks like a legacy deck where you're just slamming together these amazing low to the ground cards you're not screwing around with cryptic command or anything that's gonna cost you that much mana everything is very low to the ground and with you know format where Hogak's gonna beat you in turn two you need to be a little bit lower to the ground than uh. I mean, obviously, player control still does great because that took the the, the format, but 
don't know. I think it's it's an impressive deck. I like it. I think it's really sleek. It seems that it won't, you know, run itself away because the graveyard isn't really where it's hitting you from, but it still has a little bit of that graveyard from unearth. And people are gonna be running, you know, main deck graveyard hate, and you bring it against this, it just cycles unearth. It's not really gonna hurt it too much. It's also yeah. playing JVP, which is kind of a graveyard card. It is, yeah. But it's, I mean, you shut down JVP with a, through the graveyard, it's still going to be just cycling through cards. Yeah, yeah still it's, a Merfolk looter. Yeah, so everything, like, if you shut off its graveyard, everything just cycles, so. Uh, so Travis, you. you'll, uh, you'll like the four of in the sideboard of this deck. I was going to ask you that? about it, actually. Yeah, Yixla Jelly. Um, <laughs> I've, uh, I'm, I'm super, super hot on Yixla Jelly. Um, I've been trying to brew Grixis Pyromancer and Blue Red Pyromancer and all this other stuff. Uh, Jailer was actually a pretty quick inclusion um, with uh, uh, into the Grixis list sideboard. It can be recurred with Unearth, which is relevant. Um, I mean, it comes down quickly. It lets you not have to shut off your, your own graveyard interaction, which is nice. Um, I do hesitate to call this a control deck. This is really just a tempo deck, honestly. Um, you're playing, you know, one counter spell in the vein, and honestly, or three, I guess. And honestly, yeah, they're really just to protect you. They're not, you know, they're not proactive counter spells in the way that Cryptic Command or Remand and the like are. Um, this is really just to protect you and your your threats. Um, this is this is basically the way I look at it. This is blue red Pyromancer, but they're substituting the red for the blue, and that gets you Snapcaster Mage instead of Young Pyromancer. Um, it's much of the same makeup. Seer Visions is your faithless looting. Um, so I, I, I like this deck a lot. Um, I, I think I'm like a couple of polluted deltas off throwing this together. Um, it's so, definitely something I would play. I want to jump in real fast because you're talking yeah, before absolutely. you guys move on from jailer is I've been seeing this card more and more and more. And I, I see all the reasons why you talk about it. it's great. You know, one sided, all that stuff, but the Hogak decks, a lot of them are running dark blast main. Do you guys not see that as a kind of, um, an issue with a one toughness creature? Yeah, the, that's what, the, what on the earth main... is there for. <laughs> that's okay. true. Well, I was going to say the Dark Blast is like definitely a problem if they get to it. But the catch is once the Yixila Jailer is down, it loses the dredge ability. And so that's they're true. not able to dredge it back. Hmm. And then the typical sideboard for Hogak is bringing in Nature's Claim. And so if you were to bring in like, you know, Rest in Peace or uh black ley line they have an answer for it in a, as a four of in nature's claim but just having the one of uh to deal with yixila jailer or if they're playing like a lightning axe uh, they're le far less likely to draw a two of rather than a four of so yeah exactly um i think i think it's a good inclusion uh, and you know it attacks um which is very relevant in a deck like this and very relevant in the format right now. Can't take your time as much as you'd like every game. Um, so I, th I think it's definitely a symptom of the format as a whole. I agree. And it's mostly just Hogak, right? Because yeah. if Hogak doesn't exist, I think this like configuration in the sideboard doesn't exist either. No, because I think the main deck version of this is pretty well configured to beat traditional dredge. Um, you've got a lot of stuff that's good against them. You can you can rip out the cards they don't want in the graveyard and then surgical what they do want in the graveyard. And uh, you've got a good clock to back it up and Tefri Time Raveler is good against uh, Conflagrate. Or not Conflagrate. Is it Conflagrate? Is that the name of the card? 
that and Dredge. Instant? Yeah, is that card an instant? No, sorcery. Oh, okay. I, I just assumed it was an inf- instant for some reason. I have no idea why. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a sweet deck. I, I hope we do see it more going forward. Me too. Okay, let's hit this third place list. So I follow this guy on Twitter, Kilodrum, and he posted his list and said it was a brew. He just threw it together and he happened to get third place in the whole tournament. It's a pretty sweet list. So it's just blue, excuse me, black, white, control. Uh, but it's more like a mid-range deck, I guess. Uh, yeah. But it's also got devotion elements and the typical like cards that you would expect. Phyrexian Obliterator as a 5-5 five, five for 4 with 4 black mana symbols. And then 3 Gray Merchant. Kind of crazy. So we I got mean, the... the... Yeah, go ahead, Justin. What are you going to say? I was saying the card that's really I'm excited for is the Lingering Souls. <laughs> Don't I mean, that's say. A, that's an insane card. <laughs> that's all right. It couples really well with the Collective Brutalities. That it does. Uh, yeah, I watched Gabriel and Nassif play this the day after, and it looked really bad. The The whole deck looked really bad. Like, he played against Tron, and it was basically an unwinnable matchup. Oh, man, yeah, I imagine. Like, you don't have uh, you don't have Field of Ruin. It, it was basically, do I draw my Thoughtseize or not? And he, some, he obviously didn't have Thoughtseize every game and lost, so... He also opted to not play any main deck surgical extractions, and only one in the side went for four resonant pieces, which seems he odd. does have a spell bomb too, though. In the yeah. main, yeah, I think I would have opted for some number of surgical in this deck. Um, I don't know what I would cut, but yeah, I think I would have played surgical extraction in this deck. Surgical extraction looks really good in the first two lists because they're also playing four snaps here. That's, that's true. Yeah, it's just the you get your one go and that's it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, the, so the oh, sideboard's go got some really, really terrible cards in it. Anguish and making, it's so great. Yeah, force like, of despair. <laughs> why is there no Kaya's Guile in this deck? Like, that's a good card, and it's not in here. They they opted for English done making. <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. Uh... Yeah, so it's a really neat list. Just a brew. I think the guy just spiked the tournament. So yeah, Force of him. Despair is a cool version, though. So I'd be yeah, really interested the... to know if it was good or not. I would be too. The one thing What's I really like about this deck is um, the way he built it. Is it kind of looks like he built the deck and then goes, "Oh wait a second, I have a lot of black mountain symbols. Let me throw Gary in there." It's, well, you look at all these devotion decks, and they try to jam as much devotion as possible and make this terrible deck just to make your devotion slightly better. It seemed like he tried to make a good deck, and then Gary's happened to kind of fit in there. Yeah. yeah. Four of Gifted Aetherborn is, like, a huge clue, but this is definitely not optimal. Now, I played against something similar to this a few weeks ago. Gosh, it's probably been a month and a half ago at our local tournament. I was playing, I don't remember. I wasn't playing blue-white, though. I was. I think I was playing, like, Wilderness Wreck that week. But, yeah, it didn't seem good there either. And this is very similar to that. And Gabriel Nassif is known to play, like, these black-white, as he calls, super decks. And uh, if he's not doing well with it, <laughs> it's probably a clue 
no one should play it. <laughs> yeah, it I just looks like one of those decks that people like. Everyone's preparing for Hogak. That's all they're preparing for is Hogak or decks that are good versus Hogak. And then he just kind of came in from a different axis and just slammed through everyone else with Frexian Obliviator. Yeah, I wish there was a way to watch his matches. Okay, so let's talk about the elephant in the room. The obvious breakout deck, uh, but I guess everyone already kind of knew about it, was Hogak. Despite the main board hate and even sideboard hate in these lists, Hogak was eight of the top 16 decks of this 300-person tournament. Uh, you know, my initial thought is, we're not going to be seeing this deck much longer if we keep seeing results like this. Do you no. guys expect that Hogak will still be in the meta after the next BNR? I absolutely do not. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. <laughs> it's also I don't want to. I MTG top eight. They keep saying Hogak Dredge when some lists might play a Dark Blaster too. I don't know where the word Dredge keeps coming in at, but there's no it's a, cards. It's in a most graveyard of them. deck. Yeah, I mean it's Vengevine. It's Bridge from Below, but. I, don't know. I, I guess it's it's like threshold. Even you know, it's a lot of these decks that keep are affinity, even though they don't oh. play the cards anymore. They just like the name. Yeah, that could be it. Uh, to be fair, there was also an MCQ the next day, and Hogak was only four of the top sixteen, which is only twenty five percent of the meta. <laughs> to give what, you an idea, That's was crazy. that paper or online? The MCQ was online. Okay. And I don't know how Which, many entrants there were. Okay. I think people don't really... I mean, everyone understands how ridiculous this deck is, but it's like the one thing you gotta really think about is this deck's insane even in the face of everybody jamming their entire sideboard into hate. That's like I, everybody sitting there playing, you know, Tron hate, you know, 8 out of 15 cards, and Tron still spikes the entire tournament. I played this deck after seeing it played three times in on YouTube and felt borderline unbeatable <laughs> like it's 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 not good it, it's not a healthy thing <laughs> yeah i think uh the scg the star city games versus series they were playing this versus the decks with banned cards like splinter twins with that and it just made splinter Twin look like a joke yeah just won I, before El, it was a relevant deck eldrazi was the only thing that beat it and <laughs> we all know how broken eldrazi was so I, I think that's a pretty solid litmus, litmus test. The Chalice of One's good against the deck, apparently. Yeah, for sure. There were uh, 358 entrants in the MCQ. So 358? Okay. It's pretty reliable data. Yeah, it is. Um, I still think the deck's absurd. <laughs> I agree. Uh, to put it in perspective, though, there were three blue-white decks in the top 16. So like maybe one and two uh, as uh, as far as Hogak goes. Then we have blue white, and then everything else. Blue white seems to be the best way to interact with Hogak. So your surgical is obviously not nature's claimable. They don't have a way to interact with it. Mm -hmm. And then backing that up with uh, Snapcaster Mage seems to be the way to go. Yeah, and your sideboard's full of like super relevant hate. Like you can bring in rest in peace. And then even if they remove it, like you have your surgicals to fall back on, um, you can generate enough of a clock with your uh, with your um, snapcaster mages and such. Um, Narset is actually good um, in a matchup because 
uh, it shuts off basal suiting, it shuts off neonate. Um, so Narset actually gets some work done. You just need to be able to land her. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is just having the main deck surgicals, having spell pierce, and then having these ways to really just interact with the deck on each of its axes. Um, I think that's what's I think you're right. All right, any final thoughts on the modern meta before we dive into how our weekly results went? Um, yeah, I to... oh, oh, sorry, Justin, go ahead. No, you're good, buddy. Go ahead. Um, well, I was just going to say in the, the seventh place of that tournament, the Esper Death Shadow deck, it looks a lot like that uh, Blue Rick mid-range deck. It's just, you know, of course, that Death Shadow. But I want to point out the one of Hex Parasite. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty common now. This, this is a, a main board type of thing now? And the, you know the reasoning, right? Is this Chalice of the Void? No, no, So you just take yourself to one life or two life, and then you have a bigger Death Shadow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. And it's okay. got the added bonus of killing Planeswalkers. Fair enough. It's Because I saw the Ranger Captain of EO, so I was like, okay, this is a cool card. And, like, you know, the sideboard lingering souls, the unearths, like, it seems a lot like the Esper deck, where it's just kind of fair, slow it down, which is... Funny that I'm saying Death Shadow is a really fair deck, but like, <laughs> it's the world we live in. <laughs> Welcome to modern. Yeah, but uh, on on the subject of the meta game, I don't think right now we have any real accurate snapshot of how it's going to look in three months or a month from now. Um, BNR is coming out. Um, M20 uh, could change the landscape. There's some solid cards in that. Uh, Modern Horizons is still shaking out. There's cards showing up, like Yawgmoth is popping up in decks now. People are figuring out these Pyromancer decks. Um, I think once uh, once the meta is free and clear of Hogak, I think Modern's going to look a lot different than it did uh, a few months back. Yeah, I think there's just significant upgrades all around. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's dive in. Uh... Gilbert, you were actually on Hogak in our local meta. Walk us through your four rounds from Saturday. So the caveat to this is I was playing a borrowed list. Um, this is not the list I would play in a large tournament. This is the one that had the white splash for Wismare instead of the green for uh, Assassin's Trophy Nature's Claim. Um, so to anybody listening, if you're thinking about playing this deck, uh, don't play the white version. Wismare is a terrible magic card. Um, and your one white source, if it gets Field of Ruined, you, you lose. Um, and that's more or less the one match I lost Saturday was because I had Wisp there and not real removal. Um, yeah, so round one, I paired up against a good friend of ours, Jonesy. Uh, he was on my blue-red um, six Pyromancer Delver deck I've been playing around with. Um, and uh, game one just absolutely was not close. Um, I had actually 80 power on turn two or something like that um and he conceded game two he was actually able to surgical my bridges and then had double anger and they were all well timed and i still crushed him um i was just anticipating the anger and i'm i kind of divvied out my threats and you know you have a lot of recurrable threats and basically just smashed him with carry and feeder uh round two is where i was really feeling being stuck playing uh, white mana instead of green. I uh, played against Rob um, on uh, Bant Druid uh, with Teferis and such. Um, 
game one, he he fizzled. He he assembled infinite mana, but didn't have a combo piece, and I just smashed him with a big carrion feeder. Um, and then game two and three, he kept like leyline plus lands, and I couldn't find reasonable interaction. He just beat me to death with Knight of the Reliquary. Um, and then round three, I played against Freddy. Uh, he was on Phoenix, and um, he had random interaction. Bolt here got shot there. Um, he was able to hit my bridges. I had a really good uh, mill off of my, um, I can't think of the name of the card, the one drop mill three when it enters Stitcher the dice. Stitcher supplier, that's it. Um, I hit uh, two bridges and a vidgevine off of his ETB. And uh, with the trigger on uh, with the trigger on the stack of uh, of the mill, he actually went ahead and killed my supplier too. So he got all six cards over and then ripped my bridges out of my deck. And I was like, okay, well that's rough. Um, but I still just kind of beat him to death. Uh, I, I just cast Hogak and went to town. And then game two was the degenerate ha 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 and build you out uh, game. I can't remember exactly how it went. We traded for a little bit. Um, the game actually went fairly long. I was like turn seven or eight. And uh, eventually I just assembled some bridges in yard and just kept sacking Hogak to my altar of dementia and milled them out. Uh, it was really cool. And then round four, I played against blue white um, Eric Alvarez. Um, really stoked that dude's coming around. He picked up blue-white control, which is a deck near and dear to my heart. Um, so I love playing against them because I get to help them learn the deck and we get to talk about it. Uh, but game one, he didn't get to do a lot. He played some cantrips and I gacked him. And then uh, wow. game, two, game two was much more of a game. Uh, he slammed a turn two rest in peace and I don't have the wisp there. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And uh, I, I eventually, like he didn't have... Uh, he didn't have a response. Like I just kept playing out my little one drops and uh, he's digging for wrath and digging for wrath. Cause he knows I have Hogak and uh, I, uh, I just convoked the Hogak and he's trying to find a wrath, but I have, I still have like 17 power on board uh, with my like neonates and my grave crawlers and my blood ghasts and my Hogak. And he's like, yeah, there's just nothing I can do. And, I just wait a second. You had eight creatures in play or seven creatures in play to convoke Hogak? Yeah. <laughs> so I had all four gray crawlers, an insolent neonate, and two uh two blood guests. I assume that's how they imagined that card was gonna be played. Uh, I'm sure it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's how I ended up winning. Uh was just Convoking out a Hogak for seven, and uh, were you playing the Flamekins? Uh, no, Flamekins though it? No, Flamekin Harbinger, the oh. elemental search for your Whismer. Oh <laughs> no, because that card's also terrible. <laughs> wow, I can't don't believe that. Don't do this to me. Yeah, play Assassin. You're not, you're not a fan of it? No, play Assassin's Trophy if you're going to play this deck. Um, ideally, just don't play this deck because it's probably getting banned in a, in a couple of weeks. Or what is it, two weeks from now? It's probably getting banned. July 8th. Yeah. It, it's it's not long for this world, guys. Uh, the deck is what it is. I don't really enjoy playing it, but 
I had to take it for a spin. I did the same thing with Eldrazi. I won't be playing it next week. I, uh, I'm finishing up uh, Mono Red Phoenix, so I'm going to take that for a whirl. Um, but yeah, don't uh, don't play this deck. Don't build this deck. It's all getting banned. Um, yeah. <laughs> Travis, there are how plus about... sides. What, what are the plus sides, Justin? You hear less people ban- like talking about banning Cavern of Souls and you hear less <laughs> people talking about banning uh, Ursa's Tower. That's that's the biggest plus side. <laughs> I'll get back to that. Plus. I'll get back to that here in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> how the uh, how the event go for you, Travis? Uh, it was really terrible, but we pulled out some games, and I'm excited to share them with you because there were two games specifically uh, against a husband and a wife couple that were really interesting. And the first one was against the husband. Uh, this is round one and playing against humans. Uh, Kale, our good friend over in Medford, came over the hill. So we both have slow openers. And mine is a little slower because he kite sails my scale up. But then next turn plays two uh, noble hierarchs and just says, All right, I don't think you can kill me. I'm going to develop my board. And then he chooses to swing with the kite sail, knowing that I have an Ink Moth Nexus on board and a Mutagenic Growth. So I have the opportunity to block if I want to and get my scale up back. And he doesn't know that I drew uh, another Ink Moth. And that was the one thing, this kite sail freebooter was the one thing holding me back from actually being able to attack through his board. And so I block, get my scale up, and uh, next turn play Ink Moth pass. And then I'm able to get through because he attacked with the kite sail. And so it was an interesting spot. I think he would have been better having not attacked. Game two, he gets me typical human stuff, Thalia and a bunch of attackers, and there's nothing I can really do. Game three was basically I have the Nutter Butters. I'm going to win like on turn three on the play. I saw the hand. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. And then I top decked Blighted Agent as my win con, which is like the trump card in the matchup. It's uh, really important to have a Blighted Agent or a Distortion Strike or a Flyer when the opponent has no Flyer. Some, some way to get through all the power and toughness that humans presents. So I just don't proceed to draw enough green mana to use all of my stuff. And he has a window to like essentially blow me out of the water uh, by Reflector Maging and then Phantasmal Imaging the Reflector Mage uh, with Aether Vial, so like, but he just happens not to draw the third land and I end up winning. He maintained priority for about 10 minutes before conceding. Just want to say that was a pretty trashy move. Uh, he was doing it and joking, but... okay, Round 2. Uh, so 1-0 at this point. Round 2, I get paired against Chris. He's on Amulet Titan. This is Carnulet, so the sideboard's a little different. But we he mulligans to 4. I mulligan to 5. But I happen to have a turn 3 kill, so it wasn't much of a game. Uh, of note, we were playing with a London mulligan, which I think benefits both of these decks. But my mulligan to 5 was a little better than his to 4. So game 2... He essentially draws, like, well, he keeps, like, a five-land hand with Ancient Stirrings and a Negate. And then Ancient Stirrings finds another land. So he has basically all lands. I kill him on turn four because uh, I had to go through the Negate. I couldn't get the turn three kill. Uh, but when he revealed his hand, it was basically nothing. 
He had no amulet, no Azusa, no ramp, no Sakura. Uh, it, it was real bad. So that brings us to the most interesting match. This is round three against Cass. This is Kale's wife. Uh, very interesting match. Game one, I have a turn two kill, but I'm on the draw. So Cass is playing Storm. Uh, she plays Baral on her turn two. My turn two, I pump Glistener Elf to an 11-powered creature, or 10-powered creature, and I swing. She proceeds to concede instead of blocking. And she basically said she needed the Baral to go off. And to be fair, she had Mulligan that game, so that's understandable. Game two is much more interesting, though. So I have to Mulligan pretty dramatically. She keeps her seven. I think I'm down to five cards, and I keep Ink Moth, uh, Ink Moth, Surgical, Forest, and Scale Up. So I'm thinking along the lines of a turn four kill if I can draw a pump spell. Um, and maybe in a lucky situation, I can use my Surgical Extraction to take uh, either a Past in Flames that gets milled or something, or uh, a well-timed Grape Shot that happens to hit the graveyard. There's a couple of things that I can possibly do with that. So as it goes, I play Ink Moth, Ink Moth, attack for one. You know, that's my first two turns. She goes uh, Baral, turn three, she starts going off. And I'm tapped out. I have, like, basically no interactions that she's thinking of, but I still have the surgical in hand. So I'm, like, very specific about my wording. Like, I say, yes, that resolves, or I am keeping track. At one point, she said, uh, uh, I cast five rituals and i was like are you maintaining priority in casting <laughs> five rituals because <laughs> i needed to be very specific so uh at one point she had like a ridiculous storm count uh and i think she had like six or seven mana floating at the time and she cast gifts ungiven she reveals the typical pile which is ritual ritual she did not reveal grape shot which i was kind of hoping because then I could just surgical the grape shot and life would be a lot easier. But surgical, surgical, past in flames, mana morphose. So I'm thinking she already has it in hand and there's not a lot I can do. But I give her the two rituals. That way I can either target the past in flames or the gifts ungiven that just resolved and take both of those. And if she doesn't have the kill in hand, and she doesn't have access to the uh, Gifts Ungiven, she's not going to be able to search for the Past in Flames. So I give her the two rituals. She says, I cast both these rituals. And I say, are you maintaining priority? She says, no, well, sure, I cast one ritual. And I respond by surgicaling the Gifts, hoping that her hand didn't have Grape Shot. She reveals one ritual and two lands, so her hand, her hand was pretty toast. And she had, at that point, a Serum Visions in the graveyard and two mana Morphos. She finds Serum Visions off of Serum Visions, and so she's able to go eight cards deep and can't find what she needs. And I win on turn two. She concedes with 13 red mana, four blue mana floating. I think Storm Count was like 15 or 16, and she conceded, so that was pretty crazy. So, yeah. Round four, at this point I'm 3-0, I'm playing for the the win on the evening. I'm against Nick. Nick is also an Infect player, which is like two weeks in a row, we've both been undefeated and our only loss has been to each other. So Nick 
plays a turn two spell skite, but he forgets to use it. Nick is a newer player, and that gives me game one, essentially. Uh, game two, I forget to side in my spell skite. Oh, it felt so bad. So I'm like, so, like, I'm even talking to people as we're playing about how spell skite is so important. It's the most important card in the deck. And I just don't play it online, so I forgot that I had it in my paper deck. But anyway. Uh, I forget to cite it in. I mulligan to five, and I keep a sketchy hand, and he kills me on the play uh, on turn three. Uh, he's, yeah, his hand was bonkers. Game three, my mulligans are even worse. I mulligan to four, and he happens to have turn two to fairy and bounce my noble. I'm just, I'm so far behind. It's unbelievable. Uh, and he locked me out with to fairy. Uh, yeah, GG's. Nick ended up going 4-0. It's his first win. Congratulations to him. Yeah. yeah. I hate Congratulations, mulligans. Nick. <laughs> I also hate mulligans. <laughs> so I'm looking at the basin. I'm actually scrolling. I had my Facebook open, looked over, and the basin gaming one just popped up for uh, congrats on tonight's modern finalists. I see you. I don't know if that's you crouching down to be even level with them, or that's the crushing defeat that you can't stand up all the way. Uh, it, it, it's it's both. I was there. I'll vouch. I'll a little bit. I took that picture. It was both. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I lose, I don't want to make myself look better than I am, so I always crouch. <laughs> but when I win, I'm like flaunty and like I, I don't know it's how to peacock. describe. Yeah, I'm like, check me out. And I, he's the, I he's the humble peacock. <laughs> Probably not humble when I win. So. No. <laughs> it, so, Justin, have you had any uh, interesting matches recently? I, like I said, I know you haven't had um, the, uh, the largest amount of competitive events lately that you've been able to go to, but have you had anything interesting recently? I mean, it's when it comes to turtle formats, it's. Um... Not really, because most of my opponents are online, and um, it's they're not the best, to put it nicely, I guess. it's I play a lot of games where I see someone have pretty much the win in hand, and then I just get past the turn, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll play another human, I win the game. But really, I've been playing a lot of Reckless Rages in Standard, and that's about all I've been doing when it comes to... Uh, well, it's, I, I haven't been able to just touch Modern it's you know i know hogak might not be as scary as i i know it's scary but it's not completely ruined the entire format but i'm just it kind of puts a sour taste in my mouth no for sure i understand that it's you know i'm, I'm excited to buy some force negations and slam some merfolk uh I, I know you won't approve too much but it's i've seen that list pop up here and there i've been pretty impressed by uh the merfolk players i'm just gonna incessantly make fun of you <laughs> it's you know I, I own you know in fact i own humans like some of the best you know decks in the game i know you're not the biggest infect fan but it's something about merfolk just draws me back every time it's not that i'm not the biggest infect fan <laughs> it's uh that's uh use your think, words wisely punk <laughs> yeah i'm uh huh let me uh how can I put this? I think the deck could be piloted by a monkey as long as they had a first grade reading level uh, in most matches. That's so not true. Oh my <laughs> god. It's just not true at all. You're just wrong. You're objectively wrong. Hey, so go back to that basin picture, and I don't see the Hogak player anywhere in that uh, top finish. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I was I was I was 3-1. I have the same record as Travis. Tiebreaker's just awful. My only the loss 
was to yeah. rob, and I wouldn't have all said if I had a real sideboard. The, re the real trump card is that Josh has more pro points than I do, and it's for true. me, for me to catch up to Josh, I have to win the the only GP left in the year. Win, not top to, eight, not yeah. top sixteen. Win. Yeah, for me to catch up because I have to get what is it six believe... points to tie you. Yeah, you need six points to tie me. Yeah, so I have to win, which is pretty improbable, but I'll be so mad if that happens. What are you talking about? I get to go to the Pro Tour. That would be great. You don't need to win to go to the Pro Tour. <laughs> oh, yeah. You want me to get second so you have one point on me? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Travis, he might have won the Pro Tour, but uh, I did end with more points than him. So. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, right, I, just, that... I, just, I just remember messaging that chat 11 o'clock at night. I will live with the solace that as the pro point season's close, I will always have more pro points than Travis. Yeah, it's true. All the pro points I've gotten are only from two events, so... Yeah, I'm it's like, three for me, to be fair. So. Three, so okay. I just need to win. Alright, on that happy note, I think we're going to close the podcast. Uh, Justin... Do you want people to find you on the internet? Do you have like a Twitter or a Facebook or anything you want to share with people? I mean, not really. I mean, you can find me on the internet if you want to, but you'll be very disappointed by the content I post. So <laughs> I would not recommend it. What's your opinion on Bernie Sanders? <laughs> <laughs> so in the podcast right there. Okay. Uh, Gilbert, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram and Twitter slash ours is the fury. You can find me at uh, on Twitter at Travis underscore 8427 and twitch.tv backslash Travis 8427. Try to stream uh, Infect. And if I can get mana traders to let me borrow 270 cards, I'll be streaming Battle of Wits. So we'll see if that can happen. Okay. I think that's going to close it for the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a good week, guys. Thank you for having me.